You're listening to Conversations with Kathy, podcast for women who are looking for a place filled with honest conversations, tangible takeaways, and new perspectives on life, love, and everything in between. And I'm your host, Katyan Roach. Let's jump right in. Welcome back, everyone. There is so much I want to say about this week's episode, but I think that it speaks for itself. Issues of domestic violence continue to plague us as a society, and women continue to lose their lives. There is no easy answer, no easy fix. Yet it is my hope that if you are in such a situation, this episode will help you or even encourage you to start putting things in place to regain your life, a life free from the pain of domestic violence. Today I'm talking to Latoya, the holder of a BSc in psychology. She was married for five years and she's a survivor of domestic violence. Please be aware that this episode contains content that some listeners might find disturbing. If you or someone you know is in a domestic abuse situation, please reach out to the domestic violence hotline in your area. Someone is waiting to assist. So Latoya, I just want to thank you so very much for taking the opportunity to come and chat with me. When I, so let me, let me just give some background to the people listening. I was scrolling along my social media and I saw a post from a friend and this friend had shared your post, Latoya. And I was like, wow, this is so real and so transparent. So I came over to your profile because I wanted to find out more about the person who has shared the post. So I came and I did a real stalker on your profile. (laughs) (laughs) And then I reached out. I said, I wonder if she would be willing to tell her story in light of everything that's happening not just worldwide, but right here in Trinidad. And I guess this is so timely because unfortunately today I actually read on the news that another woman had lost her life to domestic violence. So thank you so much for taking this opportunity to share your story. And I guess what I would ask you is why did you post that on social media? Why did you tell it all on Facebook? So for me, it was the the fact of how in the front domestic violence is right now within mm-hmm. this country and knowing that there are a lot of us that suffer silently because of shame or because we don't want to see how society would view us mm-hmm. so we keep it on the down low we post the nice pictures we, we post a lie on social media for everyone to see yeah. and I just wanted to be that person that came out and at least reach one person that was my my goal just mm-hmm. to reach one person one female that it will it will give us some kind of hope that she too could come out she too can step out of that relationship whether it's marriage or just a common law relationship she could step out and still have her life still be alive still get to tell her story if she chooses to mm-hmm. or still be like a pillar of light for somebody else mm-hmm. i never imagined that that post would have crossed 200 shares yeah i never imagined so much of people would have reached out to me since then including a male and it has been a real humbling experience to know that my story could have impacted so many people because in reality so much of people are suffering silently yeah and i my desire is that more people will come out with it and with that, we can probably have a shift in the society. 
yeah. the domestic violence cases. Like you said, your story has touched so many people. And the reason I started this podcast is really because I believe that the shared story, there's so much that we can get from listening to somebody else's experience that we can learn for ourselves. So we're talking about a situation of domestic violence, and we all know that it doesn't start like that. Tell me what happened. Tell me how did you meet this person? I met him in church. We grew up together in church. He was my pastor's son. Mm-hmm. And uh, initially, we never liked each other. <laughs> never. <Yeah. laughs> if, I see him, if I see him in Grandy, in the hometown of Grandy itself, on one side of the street, I'll cross the other, on the other side just because I don't want him to heal me out. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, eventually, I had my son, and I was going through a rough time in life. Right. And he started to be there for my son and they would walk around the church he would pick him up and that that sparked something in me and then we started talking from there yeah and we hit it off right the relationship was going fine however he had issues in his childhood where he wasn't able to communicate with his parents can tell them how he feel and Mm. so communication for him was very difficult so that right. was a difficult thing within the, the relationship itself. And there was this one night that I just was fed up. I had enough. And I said that I'm, I'm done. Right. And I, we just came from my friend and I told him, you know, it's over. I, I am done with this. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know how to take that. As far as he knew, he was in love and this yeah. is the person and that is it. And so he grabbed my hand and he was like, no, you're not going anywhere. You're not, you're not leaving me. And I was a bit scared at, at that point in time. Yes. But I grew up as a tomboy. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, boy, I, I will cough you down. <laughs> and <laughs> I ended up flagging down a car. The driver stopped. The driver knew him. And I told the driver what was happening. And he asked us about coming in the vehicle. He spoke to us. Mm-hmm. And he dropped me home. And in dropping me home, he ended up telling me, you know, he'd never seen him like this or mm-hmm. react like this before. He always saw him as a quiet person. And that means that, you know, he really like, he was like, this boy really in love, girl. He really in love. And, you know, he ended up from an adult, a grown person. He would be convinced that, all right, maybe, you know, this person is seeing it. Yeah. So I gave him another chance. So was uh, this the first the first time he was physical or was there any sort of sign before in terms of the, in those moments when you were having communication challenges, was there any sign of aggression or verbal? Was there anything or was this the first time that you had seen this side of him? No, we used to go by his parents as youths in the church. We would go there and there were times where we would have seen the temper flare ups and, Mm-hmm. kick the door and he storm out and he scream and, and whatnot but to me it was like that's just towards them yeah you know that that would have never be towards me yes so I would have get this charming person loving person you know and I would have never I never imagined getting that side because yeah. to me I never did anything to deserve that side yeah but as time went along and we started to disagree it started to come out Mm-hmm. And that would have been the first incident where it came out. After okay. that, we it moved to mashing up of a phone. It moved to him yelling at me. And 
when he yelled, it wasn't like he just raised his voice. It was, I yell with a body language that I would knock you down if you only open your mouth and say anything. Yeah. So it had that moment at the bridge. We went towards getting married and the choking me unconscious happened. So let's go before that. So you've had this incident at the bridge. You take this taxi and the taxi driver says, okay, you're both young. I know this guy. He is calm. He's cool. The way he's acting is a little out of character. And that must be because he cares so much about you. You take that to heart and you say, well, okay, um, let me give him a second chance. Between this moment, I guess I would assume that you're still dealing with a little bit of the personality but you are repositioning it in terms of, okay, well, you know, maybe, I don't know, I need to understand him. I, I don't know where you're positioning it. Yeah. So you need to tell me where you position that to move to the point that now you're getting married. Now that I look back at the relationship, I would say that my abandonment issues with my, my father mm-hmm. would have driven this relationship. So today, actually, it's his birthday and my father's birthday as well. Okay. As you could see, it's my father's with me as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, because I didn't grow up with my father and I always wanted that fatherly love and, you know, somebody that I can turn to, mm-hmm. I looked for that type of love in him. Right. As wrong as it is. Yeah. And when that person told me that he loved me, I said to myself, well, okay, this is love as well as I can possibly get that void that I have within my heart that I'm looking for. I could possibly get that with him as well. So I started trying to understand, trying to understand him, even his silence. I would try to understand where he, where his mind is at, what he's thinking. Then I'll bring it across as, is this what you're thinking? And then he would possibly say yes or no. Yeah. So I went through that process for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the mall and we were just browsing we end up looking at rings. And at that point, we were like, well, okay, we're going to get married. Right. Started looking at apartments. We got an apartment. Everything was running smooth. So you're getting married. What caused that incident that you ended up bruised it, on your it wedding was, I think it was a week or two weeks before the wedding. Okay. Um, so my co-workers at the time, they would have said that they're putting up together to get us a fridge. And my mother would have said she's going to give us a living room set okay. as a wedding gift. And as I rightfully said, as a wedding gift mm-hmm. to him, because we had started renting the apartment, we, well, I paid for it so that we would have secured the apartment. He would have gone into the apartment at that point in time. Okay. But because these gifts were wedding gifts, they were not given before the wedding. Right. So he got upset that they didn't give the gifts before the wedding. Wow. And that he's living in the apartment and he doesn't have these stuff in the apartment. And if I was in the apartment, they would have given it. Right. So that, that was the mindset he was going with. And I had to tell him, well, I cannot tell anybody to give me the gift before the wedding if it's a mm-hmm. wedding gift. Mm-hmm. And in having that discussion with him there, he got enraged. Because to him, I not understand what he's saying and... I don't care about him because he have a cooler box in the, in the mm-hmm. apartment when he could have a fridge and whatnot mm-hmm. and whatnot. And he picked up the key to leave. But mm-hmm. where the apartment was, if he had left at that point in time, I had no means of reaching back home. Yeah. So 
I blocked him from leaving and I told him that we need to speak about this and you're not leaving me here. <laughs> and he started to yell, move. And I was like, I would move. However, you're not leaving me here. Mm-hmm. And at that point, in the blink of an eye, I was jacked on a wall with him choking. Wow. And I was mainly focused on trying to get his hands off my neck. Mm-hmm. And before I knew it, I was just seeing black. Oh, and I felt as though I was traveling. And his hand felt so cold on mm-hmm. my neck. And with that, it was that experience. I am convinced I died for a few few seconds. Oh. Because I felt a gush coming back into my body. And then I just, my mouth, my eyes, everything opened. And I took a deep breath. Oh. And that is when I realized I'm on the floor. He's over me. He put his hand on my neck and then placed his hand by my nose. That's that's what I felt when when I came gushing back. I started crying immediately. My son was there. Hmm. He was about two and a half or three. Hmm. He was he was crying. He was crying. Daddy killed mommy. He was he was bawling. Yeah. And I called his parents and they came and they took me and they dropped me home by my mother. And I sat outside. My son ran inside. He ran inside and he said, Granny, Granny, Daddy, kill Mommy. Daddy, oh, kill Mommy. Oh. And she ran out. I will never forget that facial expression. She came, what happened? What happened? And I was just crying. Hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't say what happened. The mark was there on my neck. And I, his parents called the next day to have a meeting with us. They brought the scriptures and whatnot and whatever. And then, you know, there's like pray and the devil this and that and whatever is the case. And mm. I just did not take that second red flag. From what I'm hearing, the people who surrounded the both of you, they too didn't see this as an issue. And I can understand why coming from a bit of a Christian background myself and knowing the whole theory of we will pray about it (laughs) or we will pray it out. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Or it's not your fault. It's the devil. It's the let's, let's get it out when definitely there is more that needs to be done, more that needs to be looked at other than to simply pray about this situation so it's to some extent they were enabling and continuing to keep you in a cycle of staying right where you are so here you are now this has happened but yet you're still getting married because like I mentioned to you I was talking to a friend about having this interview and people think well something like as drastic as this has happened and somebody on the outside be well if it was me I gone I was not staying there. But the reality of is when you're in it, there's a lot of confusion because this is somebody that you love. This is somebody that you also think is in love with you. And then you've made all the plans. You've invited everybody. You've got the dress. You've set the date. You've paid for the place. Just this morning, I was telling somebody that. (laughs) It's like you're on the top of a slide. Photographers, the place, the food, the... Somebody is is like you're on the top of a slide and somebody has pushed you down and you're already in momentum. It's very, very difficult to stop at this time. So although there may be a little voice in the back of your head, you're probably thinking it's going to get better. Were you thinking it was going to get better? Yeah, I was thinking it was going to get better. So now you're married. I was. 
So now you're married. <laughs> You've had to cover up <laughs> the, the marks with makeup on the wedding day. And now you are married. Yeah. And we know because we're sitting here having this conversation. It didn't get better. What was really a it turning not, point for you? Didn't. What was really a turning point for you that said, okay, this isn't getting better. It's either escalating, it's getting worse. I need to make a change. What was that moment for you? That would have been a moment where he left the house. Now, within the marriage, we would have probably been to about five apartments. And each apartment would have had some form of violence within it. Hmm. There was one particular apartment where he mashed up the entire apartment. Everything that belonged to me and was gifted to me. As well as the apartment itself. To the extent where CID came to take pictures. The police came, yes. And, you know, they told me if I was home... I would have been dead based on the damages that 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 happened Hmm. and i mean at that point i should have left because that was definitely definitely the point where everybody was like "Mm -mm, this Mm -hmm. is three months later i was back again why 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 did you not leave so i would have gone back home by my mother with my stuff and it would have had her place cluttered so Obviously, after finding a place that I sell my stuff, which I wasn't going to do, or find a place to live. And I decided, okay, I'll find a place. And in finding that place and going to that place, I became lonely. I missed companionship. I missed having somebody there to just talk about my day. So I invited him over and we started talking about it. And he has a way of making himself appear like he healed or appear as though he's going to do better and be better yeah and so he did that and we moved back together we started back being a married couple again with challenges of course Mm -hmm. and my turning point was the moment that he left we moved to Arima and he left and he went back home by his parents now I'll let you finish that the reason I just wanted to get into the reason I asked you why because a lot of times I don't think people understand why. And it's important to know that the why can be a number of different reasons why somebody does something. So it's not always simply an easy question of, so why I went back? There's a lot more behind it. So I think it was important to understand the why and to appreciate and accept the why. So I do. Yeah. And I understand. So here we are, he's left, he's left the house and you are now thinking, okay, this is, this is different for some reason. Yeah, because when he left, he took, he took it. Now he would have been gifted the stove and he took the stove. Mm. And to me, if you are saying that you love me and you love this child mm. and you take the stove, which is the primary thing in the household to ensure that we are having to eat, it shows that you really don't care. You don't care about us. So that is when I had the conversation with his sister. And she came out, she was like, I'm not speaking to you from the standpoint of being his sister. I'm speaking to you as a woman to a woman. Mm -hmm. Woman to woman, we need to stand for each other. Woman to woman, we need to be there and let each other know about these men. Mm -hmm. And she came out and she said, in all honesty, now I can see that my brother is an abuser. I don't know why, but he's abusive. We all been through it with childhood. We all experience the same things. And he has no excuse as mm-hmm. to why he's doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. When he left, I would have been in a position where I was unable to buy food. I was unable to 
get a stove because I would have paid the rent mm. as I I had the stable income. I would have already paid the rent and had to put gas in the car and be able to reach the work mm. and carry the child to school. Yeah. So I was in a position, very, very bad position. And she told me at that point, do not ever let a man make you reach to this point ever yeah. in life again. Yeah. No matter if you're helping financially with a bill, ensure to always put us something. And to this day, I've taken that advice because, again, he came back. Mm-hmm. And it was, again, short-lived for about two to three months. And I remember going to some friends and I said to them, I want to move. Mm-hmm. I started looking for an apartment, which is where I'm currently at. Mm-hmm. And I went to the, when I met the landlord and they, I, I spoke to them and they were like, how soon? I said, I'm, I'm looking at soon. Yeah. So they said, sure, no problem. You'll have it ready. So I had two days to gather this down payment yeah. and first month's rent. And I went to those friends and I was like, I want to move. It was during the week. I said, when he goes to work, I want you to come as soon as he goes to work. And I just need help to get everything out of the apartment. Yeah. I would not have stayed home that weekend. When I reached home the Monday, he was gone. He had already taken everything and he left. Wow. So with that, I just started packing. I don't know if he smelled the rat. I don't know. <laughs> that you sense that, something was happening. Yeah. I just started packing everything and they came and they moved me. And on that, that particular day, I remember saying, I don't, I don't even have the rest of the money for this rent, but I need to move. Because I don't, I don't want him to feel like he can just come back and, and yeah. whatever. And I contacted that landlord and they were like, yeah, we already left the key in, in the door for you. Yeah. Closing the, the, the thing. You just go ahead whenever you could, whenever you can pay your pay. And at that moment, I literally started to cry and just give God praise because yeah. it was a way out. And of course, after a few months, about four, hmm. we started back talking. And then I brought him here. By this time, how long have you been married? That's that's what I've been approaching four years. So this yeah. is four years so like, of ups and downs and ups and downs. So here we are. We we we've broken up. We made back up. We've yep. broken up. And this yep. time we break, we've broken up again for sure. I've moved. I've packed up. Whatever. Oh, yes. But yet and he is back. <laughs> but yet you yep. bring him back. Did you ever take a moment to think about like I know you said it was your issues with your father and not having him in your life. But during that time, did you ever stop to think about why you were allowing the cycle because of your dad not being around? I definitely did not start to think about why I'm allowing the cycle. I would say yes, it's had a lot to do with my father, a lot. Like that was my deepest hurt. And I never, growing up, I never really, although I had my stepfather there, he wasn't really anything to me. Mm. So I never really had that father figure. Mm-hmm. And even though my brother was wrong, I never really had that brotherly, sisterly love kind mm-hmm. of thing. Well, I mean, now I have it with him. Mm-hmm. But growing up, we used to always fight with each other. Yeah. So I basically grew up with just me trying to figure out life. Yeah. So I'm not sure why I let that cycle go on for so long. I think it also has to do with the amount of church people that were around and, you know, it's, a, it's the devil and you have to pray and cover your marriage and seal this. Divorce would have been very taboo, right? Oh, whew. 
divorce was so taboo. Oh, you're not supposed to divorce and this and that. I mean, even when that last incident happened, they were like, don't divorce, let him divorce you, this, that, that. And I was not going to wait for him to pay for any divorce because I know if I had to wait for that, I would yeah. be married legally to this man for yes, <laughs> while he is, while he's he's living his life and doing his do. And I wanted to break all ties. I didn't want anything. I just I just wanted to break all ties. Yet she kept going back, although she was worried about what her friends would say, knowing how much they had helped her in the past. She just couldn't seem to stop the cycle. The abuse continued. And she felt very much alone. He would have been back by his parents. I would have been here by myself. Life would have started to, to bloom for me, mm-hmm. as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Things started to live up. <laughs> I caught back myself financially. I was heading towards getting my master's. And back he came. So let me ask you two quick questions. Did you sometimes feel... Because initially you said, you know, I felt like I was a tomboy and I could fight you. So did you sometimes not recognize yourself as being in an abusive relationship because you felt as though you had a voice? And you know, you were were a strong woman, so you could sometimes answer back and you could respond. So did you not feel like a victim of abuse because you were quote unquote loud (laughs) or able to answer back or able to have a voice or able to talk so it it became as though we fighting other than i am being abused yes definitely definitely and you just said okay i'm finishing my master's and this is another stereotype that sometimes you think that an educated woman a woman who knows stuff a woman who can stand on her own two feet and not victims of abuse and we know that that is not the case that abuse happens to everyone and abuse can happen to every woman so here you are COVID has happened there's been a little bit of space between you things are looking up for you in your life what is this turning point for you that you are breaking the cycle of not going back I thought I was heading to that turning point of breaking the cycle and then I am going to be very raw and honest Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. I wanted sex and I am not the type of woman that would go and have sex with any and everybody and like there are male friends that I can call or message and they would come running I yeah but I am not that type of person so I am in a marriage we are separated but I would still value that I'm in a marriage. So I contacted him and told him I want sex. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no. Mm-hmm. And I was like, listen, I don't care what you do with your life. All I want right now is sex. Mm-hmm. That's all. I don't want anything else from you. And he came and then he was back here. Yeah. And I... And when, when he came back, you know, we were talking about marriage and life and, you know, how we made it this far and we're not, we, we, we never would have believed that we would have made it past year three. Mm-hmm. And I assisted him in starting up a business. So he's an AC technician. Mm-hmm. And I would have assisted him in getting the supplies of the units so that he can carry it to the customers yeah. and showing him how to get the down payment before so you were helping him you were helping him organize his business right and in helping him 
I would have bought one or two units so that when he goes to install it, he just give me back the money I put mm-hmm. it back on my credit card. Mm-hmm. And for two units in particular, he decided he's not putting back the money on the credit card. He kept saying he'll pay, he'll pay, but my credit rating mm-hmm. is getting messed up. Yeah. And I am somebody, if I borrow money from you, I'm going to pay you back as soon as I get the money. Yeah. Even though my mother doesn't believe that, but I mean, she's my mother. Yes, yes. <laughs> but that is who I am. If I, if I, if I borrow money from somebody, I'll, I'll pay them back as soon as possible. And so that's where me and him started to have a big conflict. And yeah. that is what created the last incident. So he would have been owing me the money on the credit card because he was owing a supplier and okay. they were going to bring the bailiff for him. And technically by marriage, if he cannot pay, his media will come forth. Correct. So I said, okay, his mother asked him if I use my credit card, if she'll be able to pay back after whatever, if, if I'll be willing. And I was like, okay, no problem. Once I know she's paying back, I know for sure I'm getting the money. Mm-hmm. So I went with him to the supplier. He had the cash, some cash that she gave him. And I told him, just take all the balance on my credit card. Right. And he took out the full amount on my credit card and said that he'll just give me the balance when he stopped by the, by the ATM. When he went to the ATM, so he left Central and went to Sandy Grandi's ATM mm-hmm. and the ATMs had no money. Right. And that was a Friday. So I said, well, okay, the money will come in on the Monday. So Monday, give me my money. Mm-hmm. The Monday came and he did not bring the money. He gave me the card and he was like, you go. And I was like, why? Let me just go together. And he was like, no, you go. Yeah. When I went to the ATM, it had no money. Okay. It literally had like two hundred or four hundred dollars, and I was like, "What are you doing, money? Like, where's my money?" Mm-hmm. And he was like, "He bought something," and I was like, "What do you mean you buy something? That's not your money. That is my money. That is that is money that I am supposed to have." And you know, it created a, a conflict. I told his mother about it. She blasted him about it, and I told him, "You have a few days to get me my money." Mm-hmm. So he had some jobs and he was like, okay, when he get those jobs, he just gave me all the money that he got. And instead, he did not. And he went and he bought a phone right. and went back by his parents. And I went up the road and I said, I want my money and I'm not leaving here without my money. And he's like, I don't have your money because I bought a phone this morning. And I was like, you cannot be serious. Mm-hmm. I said, so it's a joke. Like, it's a, it's, this is a joke. Like, you're taking me for a fool. My credit rating going downhill. The interest on my credit card starting to rack up. And you decide you buy a phone with the money mm-hmm. that you said that you're giving me. And he didn't like how I talked to him there. So he choked me and slammed me on the bed. Yeah. I, when he let go, I told him, I said, this is the only power you'll ever have in this life. Mm-hmm. To manhandle a woman because you're weak as a man. And I was getting up to take my stuff because I had stuff by his mother mm-hmm. and I was getting up to take my stuff and apparently those words pierced his heart so he pulled me back pinned me under him he, mm-hmm. he is a green belt in karate mm-hmm. so he pinned me under him and he started to cough oh. repeatedly and while he's doing that I'm here my child bawling and there is no way for me to get out of that pin yeah I tried all how I tried even trying to grab him couldn't get Mm. out of the pin and the more I tried the more the blows came and I would have felt my lip going in Mm. completely and I thought I literally thought that my whole lip would have burst like a cleft lip I thought that 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 was the case for me and um, his father heard the cry his father came home and heard the cries of my son and Rani and when he pulled the curtain he saw and he would have gotten on the bed to get him off 
Yeah. And in trying to get him off, he broke loose from his father mm. and he continued. And then the father ended up pinning him because he too was yes, in karate. Yeah. And they fell on the ground. And as they fell on the ground, I got up and I started to, I just grabbed my stuff and I ran out. My son was bawling, mommy, mommy, you're bleeding, you're bleeding, you're bleeding. Yeah. And at that point, when I looked at my child, I said, this is not, this is not it. This is yeah. not the life. I cannot continue like this. I'm, I'm done. And right there, I knew in my heart, in my soul, everything was done. I had to go back for my khaki and the mother gave me the khaki while she was quarreling with him, asking him. Mm-hmm. I heard her asking him if this is the way and he said he don't care. All the women feel that all the run things. Yes. I grabbed the key and I jumped in the vehicle and I went straight to the San Grande police station. Yes. By the time I walked up that step, I thank God for the mask to begin with. Yeah. So the persons didn't realize what I was coming with. And by the time I reached up the step into the station, they have the, the plastic. Yes, yes. The, the just, glass, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the glass, I would have seen his reflection behind me. Oh. On the road, I would not have seen him driving behind me. I would nothing. But yeah. as soon as I reached into the station, he was behind me. And I just removed part of the mask and they would have seen the blood dripping coming down. Yeah. And they said, assault. I said, yeah, shake my head. And then the officer watched me like, why are you looking like that? And I gave him the eyes that the person is behind me. Yeah. He said, are you pressing charges? I said, yes. And he told them to come in the, the station. Oh. And they tried to take the reports, but I was in too much of pain. So they sent me to the, the hospital and then... Mm the officers of the gender-based unit came and stayed with me for the time. And when they went home to question his parents, yeah. they lied. Oh. Oh. <laughs> to me, when they came back to the hospital to tell me what they said and to ask if it was true, I, at that point, felt as though that I had been dead. Oh. Because now I'm faced with, I may... I don't know what's happening with my mouth. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm losing a tooth. I don't know if, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if I need stitches. I don't, I don't know if my gum bursts. And my child is in a state, he's there with me. Yeah. And then I would have thought that, yes, it's your child. But I thought that they would have at least spoken the truth. Yeah. Given the pastoral yeah. title. Yes. I would have... But I guess, yes. you know, when you're in a position like that, you'll go all out for your child to ensure that whatever. But that was when I made the decision that this is it. And I pressed the charges. And unfortunately for me and what most women in these situations are faced with is a failing justice system. Yeah. A justice system that is basically set up to assist the abusers rather than the victims. That is really a sad testament. And I think it is an issue that sometimes women face all over the world. Yeah. That they're not supported, like you say, by the justice system. And yeah. you kind of stand alone. But I think the success or the takeaway from your story is that you are here. Yeah. And <laughs> I know that this, we're talking COVID, so this is still fresh. It would be remiss of me to ask, why wouldn't you go back again? This is still fresh. You've been here before. What do you think is different this time. The drawing of my blood. Right. That made me realize the extent that he would go. Yeah. And uh, seeing the expression on, on his face and seeing the force in which he used to, yeah. to ensure that blood was drawn. Yeah. With those blows 
because I would have been watching how he would have rocked back that arm to yeah. bring it forward. Yeah. And to me, going back would mean I'm ready to die. Yeah. Going back would mean I don't value my life. I don't value myself. I don't value my son's life. And that isn't it. <laughs> so what would you tell a woman who is going through a similar situation? She may be at different stages. She may be just getting in or she may be in a space where she is like you, the abuse is happening now and she's afraid. What would you, what would you tell her? Run. <laughs> Saying run songs. So yeah, you expect that somebody will tell you run, but I'd say run. Like get out, try your best to get out while you can because staying in the position for it to get deeper makes it harder to come out. Mm. And you don't want to reach in a position where the abuser saying to you is either I kill you or nobody can have you. So if it is you're in a position where you can come out before he reaches that, get out. And even if you're in a position where he is already saying these things to you, there are means of getting out. There are safe houses that they put you in Mm-hmm. For, for a time and you know you, you'll have to like change you may have to change jobs who knows you may have to change locations but find a way to get out seek help seek counseling and try finding back yourself again yeah finding back myself again was the most difficult thing to do but it was so worth it i'm yeah. still in the process i was able to deal with my childhood with my father yeah i went to him and have a conversation we talked it out and i am now at peace with that so i know moving forward now i don't have to seek that love that void that i had that void has been filled yeah. and given what i would have experienced here in this marriage the first red flag anybody come to me with i'm 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 not staying yeah. i don't want to know i don't want i'm not i not i not putting myself in a position where I feel I could change this man. You, you are not going to it. use that degree in psychology <laughs> to be the psychologist for your next partner. <laughs> I am not doing it. Mm-mm. You better come with minimal issues because I am not doing that all over again. Nope. So yeah. if you can run at this point, run. Seek help and know that the persons that are around you that love you that keeps telling you to leave it's not that they just hate the person it's that they love you enough that they are seeing where it's heading and they don't want to be watching you on the front papers yeah making headlines making a headline the wrong thing yeah Latoya thank you so so very much for sharing your story I know that somebody listening will find value and find hope in the story that you have shared thank you so very very much thank you for listening to conversations with kathy if you like the show be sure to subscribe rate and review it helps others just like you to find the show and if you want to connect with me you can find me on twitter and instagram as kathy and roach or in my facebook group conversations with kathy where we connect live discuss the episodes and share tips for improving our lives So until next time.